from Hollywood, California, the makers of Old Gold Cigarettes present The Comedy Theater, the only radio program that brings you every week the greatest stars in the greatest comedies. Tonight's story, Lucky Partners, with Sheldon Leonard and Will Wright, and starring Herbert Marshall and Jane Wyman. Here is the director of the Old Gold Comedy Theater, Mr. Harold Lloyd. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I would... Uh, Pardon me, is Mr. Herbert Marshall here? I'm Herbert Marshall. I've got a summons for you. A summons? Uh, What for, Bart? I don't know. I'd better read it. You are... Hereby summoned to appear on the Old Gold Comedy Theater Sunday evening, December 17th, 1944, and play a character known as David Grant. Amazing. You'll be there, won't you? Oh, definitely. I'm here now. Uh, Say, Bailiff, don't you also have a summons for Jane Wyman? Yeah. It's addressed to Jane Wyman, care of Warner Brothers Hollywood Canteen. Jane Wyman? Oh, here I am. Well, I've heard a lot of things about radio, but this is the first time I've ever heard of it taking the place of a process server. But since we're all here, let's get on with tonight's play. Tonight, the Old Gold Comedy Theater brings you Lucky Partners, and it's a perfect title because the story is literally packed with partners. For example, it has comedy and romance, a horse and an automobile, and of course, that brand new combination, a boy and a girl. But as our story gets underway, we find ourselves in the Pocomo Township Courthouse, and even Courthouse suggests another standard partnership, law and order. And uh, order seems to be exactly what the judge is calling for. Order, order. There's going to be order in this here courtroom or the jail will be filled and that ain't happened in 18 years. There. Now, that's a bit better. All right, now, let's get along with the testifying. Young fella, where'd you say you met this uh, here other defendant, the young lady, Jean Newton, or whatever her name is? Well, Your Honor, as I was explaining, I, I have an art studio. Or not really an art studio. I paint caricatures for a dollar or whatever I can get. But the uh, studio is located directly across the street from the bookshop where the young lady works. She was a total stranger to me until this particular morning. She stood under my window until she'd caught my attention and called up that she had a um, proposition to make me. So uh, naturally, I agreed to meet her at the neighborhood cafe a few doors down the street. She was already there when I arrived. And... When you were... Uh, called up from the street. You said you had a proposition to make me, Miss... Uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. You don't know my name, do you? It's Newton. Miss Jean Newton. And you are... And I am David. David? Just David? Just David. That is, it's usually sufficient when I'm being propositioned. <laughs> I beg your pardon. Oh, oh, yeah, of course, yes. Mr. Grant, the proposition I have to make you is a business proposition, purely business. Yes, I was afraid of that. <laughs> Well, um, go on. Well, early this morning, you passed me on the street, and as you did, you smiled and said, Good morning, dear neighbor. Good morning and good luck. 
Miss Newton, to be honest, I said that to a dozen people this morning. Oh. But to be perfectly honest, you are the only one I recall saying it to. Oh. Well, you see, not five minutes after you passed me on the street, I had good luck. Someone gave me a dress that must be worth at least $300. You will probably think I'm childish or something, Mr. Grant, but I've got a hunch. A hunch that if you buy a sweepstake ticket with me, we'd be partners that we might just win. Oh, you will, won't you? You mean a ticket on that uh, horse race they run in England? Well, of course. Oh, Mr. Grant, the ticket only costs two fifty, and that's only a dollar and a quarter apiece. And if we win, we stand to collect $150,000. Well... Well, it's only a dollar and a quarter, and if my hunch is right... Miss Newton, it's not the money with me. It's sheer masculine curiosity. Anyone can see you're intelligent. And in all the right places, too. <laughs> so, um, why should an intelligent girl like you want to gamble? Well, because I want to get married. And I happen to be the kind of a girl who has too much pride to run to her husband every time she needs a nickel. I want to be independent. You want to be independent. Well, then why get married? Mr. Grant, all I intended to do was make you a clear and simple business proposition. Either you're interested or you're not. It's yes or no. Well, if you do win and you get married, what will you do next? Next? Why, oh, well, Freddie and I should go to Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie on a honeymoon? Well, <laughs> Freddie's going to manage the Poughkeepsie office for his insurance company. We'll have our honeymoon later. Oh, no, you won't. A honeymoon isn't something you can put away in cold storage like a mink coat, young lady. <clears throat> if you try to, you'll... <clears throat> pardon me. You'll find it just isn't the same moon. And usually not the same honey. See here, Mr. Grant. However, I will go into partnership with you on this sweepstake ticket for... But on one condition. Condition? Yes. Since you and this, um, Freddy are not planning a honeymoon, I propose, if our horse wins, to spend my share of the winnings taking you on a honeymoon trip. Taking Freddy and me on a honeymoon? Uh, yes, except I wasn't planning on taking Freddy. <laughs> Hotels are quite crowded, you know. What was that again? It's quite simple. I'm offering to spend my 75000 if we win it, on a trip with you, which I assure you will be quite proper. You see, we, um... Miss Newton, you're not paying attention to me. Yes, you're right, Mr. Grant. Because that gentleman who just walked in is Freddy. Oh. My Freddy, Mr. Grant. And just between us, Freddy was All-American fullback three years ago. Uh-oh. Oh, there you are, Gene. Your aunt said you were talking to someone about a sweepstakes ticket. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to break something up. Breaking something up is a dandy suggestion. Mr. Grant, may I present my fiancé, Mr. Harper? Oh, uh, hello, Mr. Harper. I, uh... I read your magazine every month. <laughs> magazine? Uh, uh, my magazine? Oh, yes, I get it. Harper's Magazine. <laughs> yes, that's pretty sharp, chum. I got to pull out a few of my insurance prospects. Freddy, oh, please. But, Gene, that's funny. Harper's Magazine. Don't you get it? Oh, yes, I get it, all right. Except that isn't all I just got. You see, um, Freddy... I offered to split a ticket with Miss Newton, and if we happen to win, to take her on a honeymoon trip. There, now you see, he said it again. Now, look, chum, if you mean what I think you mean, come on outside. Oh, well, couldn't we discuss your future happiness just as well in here? My future happiness? Of course. Now, nothing will make a man so happy as a contented wife, isn't that so? Sure. And nothing will make a wife more contented than to travel and see the world before she settles down in Poughkeepsie. Oh, yeah. Ah, uh, it seems to me there's something wrong someplace. Now, wait a minute. I know what's wrong. You're a stranger. 
<laughs> My dear fellow, what's that to do with it? Well, I won't let Jean go on a trip with a stranger. But that's nonsense. We're not strangers. We've already met. Freddie, you don't trust your fiancé? Oh, yes, I do. You're the one I don't trust. <laughs> trust me to do what? Now, on second thought, you'd better not answer that question. <laughs> Say, Gene, uh, you know, maybe he's right. I have been insulting you, suggesting you shouldn't go on this trip. You go ahead. Have a swell time. Oh, but, but, Freddy... <laughs> it's a ten million to one chance at best. Now, if it were only one million to one... You really mean you think it's all right? Of course it is. Ten million to one? <laughs> Send me a postcard from Niagara Falls. Very well. If that's the way you want it. It's a deal. Bring over the ticket, Nick. She's all ready. How do you want to sign? Well, since we are partners and since I brought you luck once today, why not make it lucky partners? Okay, lucky partners. Hey, that's pretty good. How much do you stand to win? I mean, uh, if you win? Roughly about $150,000. You don't say. Say, who's going to hold the ticket? I suggest that you hold it. We can trust Freddy, can't we, partner? Oh, sure. Everybody trusts Freddy. Or vice versa. So, it seems that Freddy is a trusting soul, and it will be very interesting to find out whether or not he's right. That should be interesting, Mr. Lloyd. But speaking of interesting facts, I've just discovered what Pocahontas actually said to Captain John Smith. Uh, folks, you remember the scene. There he was, tied to the stake. Of course, in those days, stakes were easier to get, but really, he was in a very annoying position. It was then that Pocahontas stepped up and said, Ugh! Uh, which translated from the Indian language means, Why be irritated? Light an old gold. <laughs> and since then, thousands of John Smiths have heeded that good advice. Yes, friends, when you find yourself in an annoying spot, why be irritated? Light an old gold. Especially today, when cigarettes are so precious, there's nothing like the comfort and pleasure of a swell cigarette. Uh, but you won't get pleasure if your cigarette is harsh, hot, and dry. And that's why... To help prevent cigarette dryness, Old Gold's fine tobaccos are conditioned with apple honey, which helps seal in the natural moisture. And that's not all. For extra flavor, there's a touch of rare, rich, imported Latakia tobacco in Old Gold's superb blend. So concentrate on pleasure when little things go wrong. Why be irritated? Light an old gold. Enjoy a better-tasting cigarette. Its tobacco is conditioned with apple honey to help prevent cigarette dryness. That's old gold. Now on with the second act of tonight's Old Gold Comedy Theater presentation, Lucky Partners, starring Herbert Marshall and Jane Wyman. And here is your host and director, Harold Lloyd. Well... From the testimony of David Grant and Gene Newton, a lot of water has gone over Niagara Falls since we left them. First, David and Gene's ticket in the sweepstakes was drawn, and a professional gambler offered them $12,000 for their ticket, previous to the race. And uh, Freddie, being a self-confessed businessman, sold Gene's half of the ticket for $6,000 without telling David. When Jean heard this, of course, it infuriated her, and she went directly to David Grant with a confession and $3,000, which she insisted on his taking. What did David do with his money? <laughs> well, that's just what we're going to find out. David, how much of your $3,000 did this car cost? 
What's the difference? I've registered the ownership in your name. The car is sort of a wedding present for you. And Freddie. Oh. Well, do you think he'll marry me when we get back? Why not? If he loves you. I made the reservations at the Niagara Falls Hotel in the name of David, Grant, and sister. Rooms not necessarily adjoining. Well, that's very considerate of you. And incidentally, that's uh, just how it's going to be. Brother and sister. You're telling me? I still think you should have told Freddie what we were up to. And why should I? I made a bargain with you to make a harmless trip. Or so you said. Freddie approved this bargain, and right in front of you, he said he trusted me. By the way, when uh, Freddie was all-American fullback, did he fall on his head much? No. <laughs> he trusts me, and I trust me, too. Matter of fact, Jean, so do I. Darn it. Oh, uh, look, uh, uh, that sign we just passed said Niagara Falls, 31 miles. It's quite a drop, isn't it? Oh, brother. What is it, sister? Oh, you're, um, you're Pater, aren't you? Why, yes. Then stick to your easel, weasel. You are, bellboy. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Well, it appears that our, uh, our rooms are adjoining, after all. Well, now, just a minute, David. Let me remind you that even though I wasn't All-American, I did swing a mighty mean field hockey stick in my day, and this umbrella is just about the same size. Uh, well, in that case, I won't say what I was going to say. You won't say what? Oh, I don't want to offend you, Jean. David, you, you'd better go to your room now. Good night. Well, this isn't exactly as I planned. Oh, no, no, not, not, uh, not what you're thinking. I'd planned uh, a supper, but uh, no difference. <laughs> An artist can always paint his dreams. It's a good thing this weasel has an easel with him. Oh, oh, David. Uh, David, you are a fine painter, aren't you? I mean, oh, I don't know exactly what I mean, except that... I've always had the feeling that a painting is like a woman you loved and married, who, well, who failed you. Is that it, David? I can't explain it to you, Jean, any more than I can explain why I took you on this trip. I mean, taking away like this is only hurting you and doing me no good. It's like renting the Blue Boy, the Mona Lisa. Renting it for an hour to stare at it from the distance. Then having to give it back. Is that music? Oh, yes, yes. There's an open-air cafe in the courtyard below us. Can't you see it? All those couples on their real honeymoons, holding each other close and hardly daring to breathe and dancing. And dancing as if the next note would be the last. They're dancing. I can't quite make them out, but perhaps they're dancing like this. David. David, you... No, I shouldn't have kissed you, and certainly you shouldn't have kissed me back. However, it's taught me a lesson. I'm better off, and you're far better off if we don't see each other. So now, finally, good night. Good night, dear sister. Oh, but David... David, I do want to talk to you. I want to talk to you about you, your painting, your... I'm sorry, Jean. Good night. Good night. And wonderful dreams. Oh, David. David, if you'd only... 
Why does a man always have to act like a... like a man? The door! Who's there? And uh, who did you expect? Freddy, what do you mean by sneaking into my room? How did you get in here anyhow? Now, do you take me for a complete fool? I'm a businessman, you know, and bellboys, well, they appreciate a dollar. I wanted to think things over, Gene, and now that I have, I've decided to settle with this cheap, arty boyfriend of yours right here and now. You're ridiculous. That's what you are, ridiculous. You can see he's not here. Afraid, that's what he is. Afraid that I'd come after him, but by glory, I'm going to drag him out of that room of his and sweep up the hall with him. All right, chum, open up and come out here and get your medicine like a man. If you don't open that door, I'm going to come in and get you anyhow. Freddy! All right, then. No door is going to stop me from giving you what you deserve. All right, Brett. Now that I've... Hey. Hey, where are you? Freddy, David's not here. He's left. His bags are gone. Well, I'll be... Hey, what's this? note? A note? Let, let me have it. Thank you. Well, is a note from him? Oh, never mind, Freddie. And after your performance tonight, I suppose you know that I'm not going to marry you, ever. But since David has walked out on me and taken the car, the least you could do is drive me back to New York in the morning. <laughs> Wait a minute, wait a minute, Conch. Wait here, let's get this straight. You there, the football player. You smashed down the hotel door of the room belonging to Miss Newton, who owned the car. This other fellow was driving at 70 miles an hour. And... No, you're not exactly. It's... All right, all right. Now, wait a minute. Since it'll help the court just a little to find exactly what your names are, your true names, we'll start all over again. You there, the big fella. What's your name? Frederick Harper, sir. And you, miss? Your name? Well, it was Jean Grant on the hotel register, but my name is actually Jean Newton. Miss Jean Newton. Thank you, Miss Newton. Oh, don't mention it, Judge. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and you, mister? You're charged with stealing a car, damage to hotel property, disturbing the peace, and registering in a hotel under an assumed name. Got anything to say for yourself? Well, Judge, no one's perfect. Eh? <laughs> What's your name? Well, if I'm under oath and I see now that I am, my name isn't Grant either. My real name is Paul Knight Somerset. Paul Knight Somerset? Paul Knight Somerset? Not Paul Knight Somerset. Paul Knight Somerset? Well, say, Mr. Paul Knight Somerset, I don't know where you've been these past three years, but now that we finally found you, this here trial's going to put Pocomo Township on the front page of every newspaper in the country, including the Pocomo Bugle. Now, before we continue with the old gold comedy theater, the truth about the cigarette shortage from Bob Williams. The big question everybody's asking is this. Why is there a cigarette shortage? Well, there is a reason. In fact, three big reasons. Reason number one. Like many other manufacturers, cigarette producers are faced with a manpower shortage. Many of the men and women who made your cigarettes before are making vital war goods now. 
So that limits the number of cigarettes that can be made. In spite of these difficulties, we're turning out all the old goals we possibly can. However, there's reason number two. More people are smoking more cigarettes than ever before. The demand for old gold has actually tripled in recent years. So there just aren't enough to go around. But you can be sure we're distributing all old golds fairly. No cigarettes are being held back. And here's reason number three. Billions of cigarettes go to our armed forces overseas. In fact, a substantial part of old gold production. Then why are some of our GIs abroad also faced with shortages? Well, in a recent press release, high army authorities made this explanation. For the big push to Germany, ammunition must go through first. Less essential items pile up on the dock. But... Tremendous quantities of cigarettes are being set aside for our armed forces. So remember... Manpower shortages at the plant, increased smoking at home, enormous shipments to our armed forces. Those are the big reasons why you can't always buy old gold and most other popular brands. Now think of those reasons when you hear irresponsible rumors about the cigarette shortage. And now for Act Three of Lucky Partners, starring Herbert Marshall and Jane Wyman. All right, Mr. Lloyd? Well, as we stand on the threshold of the Pocomo Township Courthouse, peering inside at Act Three of Lucky Partners, we find not two, but three partners, all unlucky and all standing trial. Reading from right to left, there are Gene Newton, alias Gene Grant, Freddie Harper, alias, well, after all, that's a matter of personal opinion. And uh, finally, the man we knew as David Grant, who has turned out to be the renowned painter in oils, Paul Knight Somerset, who has been missing for three years. At the moment, the judge has Gene Newton on the stand. Uh, Miss Newton, you say that this uh, Mr. Somerset, or Dave Grant, as you knew him, stole your car? Well, uh, he took it, Judge. But, Your Honor, I left a note for her, and I... Didn't read the stupid old note. Besides, I didn't believe a word it said. Your Honor, I must object to that type of testimony. Objection overruled. Thank you, Judge. My pleasure, Miss Newton. <laughs> and now, uh, previous to illegally taking your automobile, uh, Miss Newton, did this uh, Mr. Somerset or Grant attempt to win your confidence? Oh, definitely. Your Honor, I object. Overruled. Much obliged, Your Honor. Think nothing of it, uh, Miss Newton. <laughs> now, uh, just how did he try to win your confidence? Did he uh, uh, make love to you? Judge, Overruled. I... <laughs> and you're welcome, Miss Newton. Well, did he make love to you? Well, not definitely. It was more by, well, by indirection. Oh, yes. <laughs> you mean he didn't say much, but uh, he did put his arms around you? Well... <laughs> yeah. uh, well, look. Let's put it this way, Miss Newton. Did the defendant, Paul Knight Somerset, <laughs> ever kiss you? I object. Oh, oh, okay, objection sustained. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, look, uh, now let's try it another way. Did, uh, did you have any reason to believe that Paul Somerset or David Grant was in love with you? Definitely not. Yeah. Mr. Somerset, let me ask you one question. Do you ever make love to Miss Newton? Well, not, uh, not openly. But you do love her. I've got an objection coming this time with a capital object. Uh-uh. No, no. Too bad, Miss Newton. <laughs> Overruled. Sorry. Oh, it's quite all right, Judge. Thanks just the same. <laughs> Don't mention it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Somerset, you think that Miss Newton felt that she was in love with you? Your Honor, I have too much respect for her intelligence and perspicacity to have ever believed that of her. Now, wait a minute, Your Honor. He can't go around saying my fiancé has perspic... Pers well, what he said she had. 
May I object to that one, Judge? If you don't mind, this objection is definitely mine, Mr. Somerset. Well, let's make it unanimous. The court objects, too. My, my thanks, Your Honor. Mine, too. Oh, forget about it. This one is on the house. Oh, eh? <laughs> Judge, just because Mr. Somerset once illustrated a book which was banned and for which he was sentenced to prison for six months, he decided to become a recluse and set out in his childish way to get even with everybody for being misunderstood. Hmm. I just happened to be his latest sucker. So after humiliating me, he gave me the old heave-ho, ran off, and made the mistake of taking my car. Uh, well, Your uh, Honor, not that it makes any difference, because I did take Miss Newton's car, but my illustrations for the Book of Legends have nothing to do with this case. Okay, okay, I've heard enough about your darn book. Uh, step down, Miss Newton. Uh, this court's about to temper uh, judgment with mercy, and maybe just a grain or two of down east horse sense. Now, we'll take the defendant, Frederick Harper, first. Yes, Your Honor? Oh, stop being such an eager beaver. <laughs> All-American four-letter man. I'll bet the letters were D-O-P-E. <laughs> Any man engaged to a girl like Miss Newton who'd even dream of letting another man take her on a trip is... is... Oh, never mind. I'm fining you $25 for damaging hotel property and letting it go at that. Oh, thank oh, you. Oh, dry up and sit down. <laughs> Shun it. Uh, Miss Newton, it's evident that you have been made a sucker of by both of these so-called men, in particular by a friend, Mr. Somerset. Any man who would illustrate a book of fa uh, fables with suggestive drawings, he's the, well, he's the type of man whose mind is so foul... Now, that, wait a minute, that, Judge. Uh, huh? I'm objecting to that. That's no way to talk about a sensitive artist. And what for? Uh, Miss he... Newton, Miss Newton, I'm doing the talking here. Well, go on. Sentence me for contempt of court. But I'm telling you that you owe Mr. Somerset an apology for what you just said. And as a matter of fact, huh? for the entire bench for the mistake made four years ago when another judge who couldn't see beyond his nose sentenced David, uh, Mr. Somerset, to jail. Uh, but, 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 Miss Newton... And now, if that's you... contempt, then give me 20 years because I've had my say and I'm through. Uh... All right, Miss Newton. I'm going to sentence you. Mr. Somerset, you're up for sentence too. You want to be sentenced along with Miss Newton? Well, we started out as partners, Judge. Good. Then in that case, I am sentencing you both to five years at hard labor. Five years before what? Well, well, uh, for doing things again the law, that's what. <laughs> but I tell you what I'll do now. I'll suspend that sentence if you'll both do me a favor. Favor? Yes, look. I've been judge of this here court for 17 years, and not once have I had a chance of marrying anybody. By the time they get up here to Niagara Falls, you're already hit. Judge, I object. I object, yeah. and what's more... Fifty dollars for contempt. <laughs> and the court will put it toward a wedding present. Well, how about it, you two? You're gamblers on horse races. How about taking a real chance for life? Well, Jean... Well, David, what can a girl do? It's a court order. Now this is Harold Lloyd. Robert Marshall. And Jane Wyman. Saying goodnight to you for all gold. And I hope that you'll be with us again next Sunday when the All Gold Comedy Theater presents... Lewis Hayward, and Brenda Marshall in Bachelor Mother. See you then.
Lucky Partners was presented by arrangement with RKO, producers of The Master Race. Herbert Marshall appeared through the courtesy of MGM. And don't forget, don't let little annoyances get you down. Why be irritated? Light an old gold. Its tobacco is conditioned with apple honey to help guard against cigarette dryness and gives you more smoking pleasure. And listen to Old Gold's other great news show, Which is Which, with Ken Murray as MC, Richard Himber's orchestra, and famous stars of stage, screen, and radio, or their reasonable facsimiles. Tune in Wednesday night on another network. Consult your newspaper for time and station. This is Bob Williams saying good night for Old Gold. This is the National Broadcasting Company.